Hello and welcome to The Den, brought to you by Man Cave Sports. This episode is brought to you by Family. Family is the number one fastest growing sports news app. Family has the most comprehensive news feeds for all your favorite teams all in one place. And my favorite part about Family is they gray out the articles after you read them so you don't accidentally read them again. Also make sure to follow Family on Twitter, at F-A-N-L-Y. Also make sure to follow Man Cave Sports on Twitter. It's at MCSports365. Check out our website, which is mcsports365.com. Let's get it. Today is Monday, August 22nd. We have a treat for you. We're jumping right into Mount Rushmore. The, we're doing the Mount Rushmore of Sunday or game day foods. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to let Alex start off with his Mount Rushmore first, since he worked the hardest on it. All right, yeah, it took me the longest to come up with my Mount Rushmore of my game day foods. First, I'm going to go with bean dip. Classic, you know, go buy your Fritos and your bean dip, lay it out for the game. Easy, low-key, you don't have to make it, you just crack it open. Dip some bean dip in there. You know, that's how I it like goes. it. That, that's just a real classy kind of NFL Sunday snack. That's like, you know, you wake up at 11 o'clock, the games are about to kick off, you need a snack to watch during the games, and you just got to go get it real quick. That's a pretty yeah. That's a pretty southern thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Dude, in my opinion, if you can get it at a gas station, then that means it's good for football. Right, okay. So, for my second one, maybe if you wake up a little more, you know, prepared, you have more time, I'm going to go with Alex not-so-world-famous queso, my homemade recipe, just your Velveeta <laughs> cheese, taco, brown some taco meat, throw that in there after you've melted the Velveeta, throw some Rotel in there, maybe a little guacamole, it's perfect recipe, it's easy to make, great for football. That's relatable. <laughs> Other than that, another easy thing, make it yourself, Frito Pie classic for football it goes good and when it gets cold in those late afternoon games you know in december eat that for a good little lunchtime meal that's a good one nothing beats a soggy frito oh yeah (laughs) i'm i'm a fan i put my fritos on like right before i eat it you know so they stay crunchy but yeah i do have that problem with soggy fritos everyone's been there (laughs) and then lastly i'm gonna keep it Keep it classy and go with hamburgers. Maybe cheeseburgers if you wanted to. I mean, that's dude, I, I don't think... know about that. That's more of a meal. Hmm. That's interesting you say that. I'm a big burger guy. I don't really find a burger to be a meal if I'm being completely honest. I could eat what a whole. You, what do you mean a burger is not a meal? Just one burger is not a meal. <laughs> it's an entree at literally every restaurant you're gonna go to. Not yeah, but just a burger football. is not a meal. Yeah, and not when you're watching football too. You go out there, you grill your burgers. You could eat two burgers during the morning games. You might eat another one during the afternoon. Oh games. my gosh! I, mean, who knows I agree. What's going I'm on. a burger connoisseur, and I agree with everything Weeks is saying. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Now, you guys now are crazy. if you throw now if you get your burger and maybe put some Frito pie on top of it, topped with the queso, a side of bean dip, and some chips, that's a meal right there. But the burger by itself, I think, is just a snack. That actually sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, moving Agree on. Agree to disagree. Yeah, uh, I'll let you go, Will. Go ahead. All right, going off the queso-ish type theme, I'm a big nachos guy. Ooh. Real simple to make. You just get some Tostitos chips, lay them out on a cooking sheet, sprinkle some shredded cheese all over it. If you're really feeling 
I guess, adventurous. Get some chopped jalapeno, sprinkle them on top two, pop mm-hmm. in the oven for a little bit. You're good to go. That's a good one. Second is pizza bagel bites. Oh my goodness, that's a great call. Yes, pizza bagel bites. That's it's like a little throwback to the childhood, you know. Oh yeah, I ate those so much when I was a little kid. Reminisce. But my third one is even more throwback to the childhood. Do you guys ever have Dino Buddies chicken nuggets? Yeah, never heard of those in my life. We have those oh in my, my house gosh. right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, they're, they're chicken nuggets shaped as dinosaurs' weeks, and all you have to do is pop them in the microwave, and then you have chicken nuggets that are shaped like dinosaurs. I see. I like my chicken nuggets to come out of the oven. I'm more fan of oven. Oh, you you, you can oven you can oven bake them okay, as well. Okay. It just then takes actually, longer. Uh, yeah. Okay. Usually things do take longer in the oven, but that's why they're better. Okay. And then my last one, Totino's Party Pizzas. Ooh. I'm pretty sure they're, I have one of those in my freezer at home. <laughs> dude, uh, yeah, I definitely do in my house. The little tiny pizzas... You just throw them in the oven for like 10 minutes and you're good to go. Big fan of that. And I have an extra celery and peanut butter. In case, in, in case you're feeling weighted down by all the nasty food, you know, just get some celery and some peanut butter. That's all you need. I mean, are you watching Are you watching football with lots of girls? Invite lots of girls over to your house? Nope. Well. No, normally it's with you guys, but yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll finish off with the – say the best for last, obviously. Um – let us start off with pizza. Ordering a good pizza is nice. It takes no effort, and as you guys know me, when it comes to food, the you know little effort's all me. You could even toss a pizza in the oven if you're interested in that. But I like to order Papa John's on Sundays. That's not a problem. Oh. They're not paying us. Um, <laughs> uh, my second one is spinach and artichoke dip. Oh god! I don't know how to make that myself, but if you go somewhere and uh, get some, it's pretty good. Um. My number two is a bratwurst. Wait, I'm pretty wait sure that, that was three. that was your second. Oh, I'm pretty sorry. Sure this is number three. My number good, three. Good job. I was just really excited. <laughs> number three is a bratwurst. I'm a big brat guy. It's like uh, if you haven't had one, it's like sausage, you know, but better. I mean, it, it really is sausage. But it's Avery, sausage. Avery, what's better? What's better? Do you know the difference between what bratwurst and bratwurst sausage? and sausage? Are you a true bratwurst fan? No, I have no idea. I just eat them. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know either. I'm not a Bratwurst fan. No, no, yeah, you're good. And then uh, number four is Holy Mac, which is just fried mac and cheese. Uh, Holy Mac is what I devote my life to and I devote my bank account to. It's at Pluckers. I mean, I'm sure it's other places too, but some Holy Mac on a Sunday, you can't beat Holy Mac on a Sunday. I guess um, it's fair. I, if I was going to Pluckers, I'd rather have fried pickles. Uh, fried I'm a fried pi- pickles guy. Fried pickles is my number five. Okay. I'm a fried pickles guy. Because you can get good fried pickles at more than just Pluckers. So that's when I, oh, I go yeah. to other places, I get fried pickles. But only at Pluckers do I get fried mac and cheese. Question about that, though. Are you are you a whole slice pickle guy or just the pickle chips? Honestly, I don't really care. I think I'm more of a pickle chip guy, but I really don't oh, care. That's I, I don't even really care. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I think because Hooters, I think, has the best uh, fried pickles, in my opinion. And they're chips, so I think that's why I might be a chip guy. All right, fair enough. Okay, we're going to move on. That was a great Mount Rushmore. Uh, go on to the Olympics, since the Olympics just ended. Had the closing ceremonies uh, Sunday night, right? Uh, yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I guess to start off with the Olympics, um, I mean, the America dominated, as usual. We won the medal count. I mean, we had, like, what, 128 medals total, I believe? 
121 medals, almost double as much as the second country came in at 67. 70. Oh, 70. 70. Oh, okay. But, yeah. But, okay, yeah. I guess it's a, it depends on how you look at it. Great Britain came in with 67 medals. China came in with 70 medals, but Great Britain had more golds. So it uh, just depends on how you look at that. But those are the two closest, and we had 121. I mean, they had 70 medals, and we had 46 gold medals. So you look at them like that, it's not even really close. Do you know when the last time is that the country that hosted the Olympics didn't finish in the top 10 medal count? Um... Because Brazil was 13th, and I feel like normally whenever you host the Olympics, you always end up with a lot more than you did in the previous years. I'm looking up how much they had in 2012, because this year they had 19. If if you look at Brazil, though, I feel like they won golds in the things that were important to them. Like judo. Yeah. Like, they won it in soccer. I think that was big for them. The women's sand volleyball team won. They were the number ranked men's volleyball. Like, the sports... Men's sand and hardcore volleyball won. Yeah, Yeah. I think the sports that came in expecting to win a gold medal did good for them in Rio. Yeah, that's fair. They had four more gold medals than they did last Olympics. I mean, that can definitely be attributed to the fact that it was in Brazil because those fans are crazy. Yeah, I, w- I was just kind of getting to how many medals do you think we would win if we hosted it next year or next Olympics? I don't know, probably like one thirty-five. I mean, we're gonna win one thirty-five. We're gonna win a ton no matter what. To be honest, I don't even think we would win that many more. I don't think so. Like, yeah. I feel like we already have medaled in most of the things we can medal in. A lot of the people that go that are expecting to win medals, I feel like got medals, and even a couple that weren't. I mean, I don't think the only way that I feel like we could get more medals is send more Olympians. And I don't know if you can do that. No, you can't. Obviously, there's a couple of spots that we probably could have been better in, but there's really not that much. I mean, you look at the medal count. I don't feel like there's that many more medals out there for us. Yeah, um, that's fair. Something I'd like to touch on with the Olympics is I feel like the Olympics they're still popular, but I, the Olympics are not what they used to be. I mean, I just first off, the Olympic coverage sucked. Nothing was live. Like, the gymnastics yeah. was never live. The second thing is, I think in the future, the Olympics might be in some trouble just because the, ne- the next two winter and then the next summer Olympics are all in Asian countries. It goes South Korea, Japan, and then China. So the, hu- the time difference is going to be awful. So I'm just glad that this Olympics, even though the coverage sucked, was, you know, a country that's two hours. Somewhat different. the same time zone yeah. as us. Because I feel like it's really going to hurt them when, you know, the main events are going on at 7 in the morning here. Yeah. Also, Russia will have most of their Olympians back who weren't able to participate this year, so their medal count would probably be a lot higher. What What was it this year? 56. They got fourth, yeah. which is still pretty good, but I don't know. Yeah, they had no track and field athletes, did they? Uh, yeah, I don't Chris, think they had any. That's where they all got to. I don't exactly know how good Russia is at track and field, but I know they had none. And then, I mean, I thought, like, you know, going off things that stood out to me the most with the Olympics was, A, Simone Biles actually made gymnastics, like, super interesting. She was just so dominant, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, the flip she was doing, the I mean, besides the balance beam when she kind of, I wouldn't say she choked, but she fell. Uh, I mean, she was amazing. I mean, I'm not a big gymnastics guy, if I'm being completely honest. But I was, I was like, once the gymnastics were on, I I was tuned in and I was locked in. It was captivating. 
<laughs> as an athlete, I feel like she was on a different level than the other yeah. gymnasts. And yep. I mean, I've been I've watched gymnasts in the past. I get kind of into it when I was little. I like Sean Johnson a lot and Nastia Lukin and them. Last year, I was a fan of Gabby Douglas and Michaela Maroney. And I've been a fan of the gymnasts in the past, but watching Simone Biles, I just really feel like her athleticism put her above and beyond those other gymnasts in the past and obviously the rest of the gymnasts in this year's... Oh, well, she she is touted now as the best uh, gymnast ever. You know that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I was say, uh, seeing stuff calling her the best gymnast ever before the Olympics even started and they were saying, like, be ready for just an amazing performance from her and she didn't she didn't disappoint whatsoever. Did you see her margin of victory? Did you hear about that? For uh, like the the all all around. Yeah, yeah, I did when they said her her, mar- her margin of victory was higher than the last six Olympics combined. The margin yeah. of the last six combined. Yeah, no, I, I saw the guy saying that's like beating a football team by like ten touchdowns. Yeah. And it, that's supposed to be like you know the other best gymnast in the world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that'd be like you know I don't like Alabama playing Auburn and beating them you know seventy to zero. I mean that's just crazy. It's ridiculous. You can think yeah. that they're all supposed to be elite gymnasts, which they are, but she's just a different level. I think. Yeah. I think it's the way she's built. Honestly, she's ripped. I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to gymnastics. Yeah, no, me either. <laughs> me either. Um, I guess I wanted to do our MVPs for the Olympics. Uh, Weeks will go first again. Oh, man, well you keep throwing me under the bus. Weeks is our leader, first, but. My Olympic MVP for the USA is the women's 10-meter air rifle gold medalist, Virginia Thrasher. And let me Virginia tell you why. Thrasher. First off, with a name like Virginia Thrasher, that's an MVP caliber name right there. Also, she won the first gold medal for USA in the Olympics, really set the tone. Probably won a gold medal before a lot of people even realized the Olympics were started. Agreed. So I really think that set the tone. And you look at the medal count, we had 121 medals. She really, she put us up there from the start, and we never looked back. I mean, without her, we would have only had 120, you're right. I know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm not a math guy, but that actually adds up. That actually subtracts up. <laughs> that subtracts up. But it, you, it was a figure of speech, like, oh, that adds up. Anyways, um, my MVP was the Mongolian coaches, which was, that was something, oh, that was wasn't good. it? I don't know if you saw that week's where the Mongolian coaches were protesting the judges, so they all, they took off all their clothes and were throwing in, in them. In res- wrestling, Yeah, right? in wrestling. Yeah, in wrestling. I, in freestyle wrestling or something. I don't know. Wrestling's not my thing. Um, but yeah, the Mongolian coaches took off their clothes. They stripped down into their undies, and they were just doing their thing. I mean, they were upset. If you haven't seen that, you should definitely go Google Mongolian coaches, and you will find what you need because I don't really think that it's, you know – a whole lot of stuff on Mongolian coaches on the internet. <laughs> but no, it was amazing. I mean, they were clearly upset. They were probably speaking a language that the judges didn't even understand. So I, I, I appreciate the whole taking off your clothes. You know, actions speak louder than words, and when there's a language barrier, it makes sense. It was smart. That was a good one. All right, I'll wrap it up. Well, I may be a little controversial, but uh, my MVP is that Ryan Lochte somehow made the Olympics about himself. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that whole story is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I guess the last thing I want to say about the Olympics is we had so many Olympic greats this year. Like, we had Phelps, Bolt, Ledecky, Biles. 
Kerry uh, Walsh. Yeah, Kerry Walsh. Or Kerry Jennings Walsh? Kerry Walsh Jennings. Walsh Jennings. Ah. Um, am, I, am I forgetting any uh, dominant Olympians? Um, Serena Williams, who choked. Yeah, Serena, who choked. Um, Andy Murray, that was his second straight gold. Uh, he's not, yeah, but he's not American. Oh, no, I was just saying dominant Olympians. Like, cause you oh, say, oh yeah. just in general, not, yeah. not even Americans? Yeah, like Usain uh, Bolt, obviously. I saw a 60-something-year-old equestrian rider, so I was really impressed by that. He's been in, like, a bazillion Olympics since before, way back when. So, I mean, I don't even know the dude's name, but old equestrian rider. Probably got to be one of the oldest Olympians in the field, so he's probably been there. Did you see that old woman gymnast? Yes, yes. No, Oksana Chutsvinita. She's, like, 40-something. Sure, yeah, Yeah. 45, I think. No, she's 41. She's 41. 41. Right? She competed in her... She's competed in the Olympics for three different countries. Germany, Uzbekistan, and the Soviet Union. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she competed in the 1992 uh, Olympic Games, representing representing unified team. Interesting. Yeah, and she competed uh, representing the Soviet Union in the nine in the early in ninety one with the World Championships. She represented Germany from two thousand six to two thousand eleven. Now Uzbekistan. I mean, she could be our grandmother, guys. She wants to come back too. Do you hear that? Yeah, I mean, good for her. It's probably because she doesn't have a whole lot. What of What did she compete in? What was her event? She did the all around. Did she not? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she's gymnastics. I know. Dude, her knees are going to be so shot. There's no way. That's really impressive. Um, while we're talking about dominant Olympians, we got to mention the basketball team. The women's oh, yeah. have won six straight gold. Haven't lost a game since 1992. That's really impressive to me, and I think the men's have won four straight golds, I believe. Yeah, well, we're also missing a huge icon. I don't think we even said his name yet. Usain Bolt. No, I did. I, I said it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Gatlin, he's our icon, right? Yeah, Tyson Gage. See how old he looks? Yeah, he's done, dude. Yeah, my God, he's old. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, no, Usain Bolt's a legend. I mean, the triple triple, whatever you want to call it, three straight golds and three straight, uh, three golds and three straight Olympics, and three yeah. straight events. Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. I mean, how it, many? So a lot of these guys have said they're not coming back. Phelps says he's not coming back. Bolt says he's not coming back. What are the chances we see either one of them in the next Olympics? Uh, I think with Bolt, there's a 0% chance. With Phelps, I think that there actually is a possibility. I think that whenever he, two years from now, is looking at Olympic trial times, like times leading up to whenever they can qualify for the Olympics, he's going to see them. And deep down, he's going to be like, oh, I know I can swim faster than that. I think you're you know? right. And then he'll try and go for it again. That's my that's my prediction. See, I think I think Usain Bolt won't come back, but I don't necessarily say I'd say there's a 0% chance. You just never know with these guys. Yeah. I feel like his – what is he going to do? I mean, he could play football. <laughs> Which we'll talk we'll, about We'll get later. to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, I mean, he's just going to go on tour. Yeah. No, he, he wants to play for Man United. That'd be I, interesting. I don't know if you ever heard about that. Uh, he obviously isn't good enough. He's fast enough, but he – I'm doubting he's good enough. No offense, you saying bold if you're listening. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that about wraps it up for the Olympics. You guys have, have anything else you want to touch on? Nah. Um. Oh wait, my last question with the Olympics. Uh, if we sent three teams, could we win gold, silver, and bronze? And basketball, basketball teams. Basketball. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, if we stacked them. I really watched the girls and thought to myself that they could win bronze in the men's tournament. <laughs> so I doesn't. I don't doubt that if we sent three teams that we could win gold, silver, and bronze. Especially if you if you stagger them, so it's like Melo's on one team, Katie's on one team, whoever else is on another team, so that you make them three even teams. Wait, oh wait, no, I see. What I was saying was if you um, you know say you, you built the super team. Because the second team would be still amazing. So you're saying like if we had a third, like our third reserves? Yeah, I still, think they, I still think they could win bronze. I don't I know, think, dude. I, I think it would be close. I don't know if they could get it done. I think we could definitely put two teams out there and win gold and silver. But uh, my one last thing from the Olympics that I was really excited to see, golf was back in the Olympics. Uh, me, and, me and Vaughn, my partner from Two Man Scramble, have a good podcast coming out on our website if you want to hear more about that. Won't really go into it much, but Justin Rose of Great Britain came home with the gold medal on the men's side in NB Park of South Korea. A little bit of an interesting story there. Came home with the gold medal on the women's side. So if y'all are trying to hear more about that, go ahead and check out Two Man Scramble on our website. Yeah, good plug. That was good. Um, before we move on with more stuff, we have an interview with UT or former UT point guard Javon Felix. If you don't remember him, he hit that big time shot against North Carolina. He's got a smooth jumper. He does. He had a really good career at UT. One of the best careers for a point guard ever at that school. And that says a lot, considering how many good point guards have come through there. TJ Ford, AJ Abrams. There's a lot on that list. Yeah. Uh Which he actually talks about DJ Augustine in the interview. So, here it is. So today we welcome on Javon Felix. How you doing, Javon? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for coming on. So, you know, with the you know UT season being done, it ended in March. What's the next step for you? Uh, the next step for me now is just overseas. Um, I don't know where yet, but I don't know if someone will finish the negotiation. Looking good. Yeah, no, that's exciting. I mean, if you could play in any other country, what country would you pick? <laughs> Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'd probably pick that too, if I'm being completely honest. So, um, I, w- I wanted to ask you about the North Carolina game because I I know you said you grew up a North Carolina fan, right? Yeah, so, yeah, I know. I mean, I remember I was watching the game and the ball just fell to you, and I was like, oh, God. I was like, you're about to beat North Carolina. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was awesome. It took a while to be a good defense. And we had really had, after the game, a little bit of a good game. It was just a little bit of a good game. It was just a so, oh, so I guess with your time at UT, what, would that be your most memorable moment? Uh, yeah, I think that would be my most memorable moment because of the amazing theater. You 
was awesome. Yeah, no, I, bet, I bet it was nice to get to <clears throat> do it in front of your family. And then, I mean, I guess coming out of high school, you had a few offers. You had from UT, and I saw you had one from LSU. What made you choose UT over staying a little closer to home? Uh, it was still was kind of important for you to get away from home, branch out, and see different things, like different cultures, different parts of the world. And uh, I took my business to UT, and it was just, it was just, it felt like home. It felt like somewhere where, you know, I, I could grow and somewhere where I could get better at, as a person and as a player, so it just felt right. And then growing up watching CJ Augustine from the same, you know, city of yeah, I mean Austin's a great city too, and I'm sure that was a that didn't hurt. And then I mean you came, when you came in you played for Rick Barnes and then you had Shaka Smart. I mean, was there a big difference between the two coaches? Yeah, I think there's a big difference because you know that's two totally different personalities. You know, one is a little bit younger, well, not a little bit, but younger than the other one. He was kind of more relatable just because he was closer in age. And, you know, he, he, he was a, it just was a different time for him. Uh, they brought a different playing style, but similar in some ways. It was just, you know, pretty fun. That, uh, that process, that transition process was really, really fun. So, because I, I know when a new coach comes in, a lot of people considered leaving. Did you ever consider leaving UT? No, I never considered leaving because, uh, you know, it was something that we built. And we had went through a lot, you know, as a class. Because, uh, we, we came in as a big class. Uh, so we just wanted to finish what we started and, you know, see how, how you know, how far we get. So just continue on what we do. You know, that makes sense. I mean, you guys had a lot of success while at UT. I mean, is there any one thing you wish you would have, you know, maybe done differently while you were there? Uh, no, I think I, I, I think I, did, I think it ran with everything while I was there. You know, I met a lot of good people off the court, created uh, a lot of good relationships. Um, you know, I had fun on the court. I just wish they had, we could have won a little bit more. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't regret anything. Uh, I would do anything differently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I know you said that you want to be the GM of a team one day, right? Uh-huh. So if you could be the GM of any team in the NBA, who would you be the GM of? Uh, you know, this which is doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, that's, it's just a, <laughs> just a, a dream job of mine, a dream of mine. Something I, I think interesting. I just like the behind the scenes stuff like that. So, um, anything pretty much. Yeah, but no. it would be nice. It would be nice to go home from my hometown in New Orleans and you know, manage the Pelicans. That would be nice. So, if you were the GM of it, I guess let's say the 76ers, and you had the first pick this year, would you have taken Ben Simmons? Oh uh, yeah, I think I would have taken Ben Simmons just because he's. Uh, I think I feel like he was the most versatile player in the draft, and he just did a lot of different things, um, you know, on the court. So I think I think uh, he would have he would have been the best pick at number one. 
Yeah, and no, I th- I think you're right. I mean, he probably has the best NBA future, even though he wasn't extremely successful in high school. You could have played with right. him though at LSU. Yeah, I could. So I mean, have you? Yeah, have, have you been watching the Olympics very much? Yeah, I've been watching the Olympics. I've been, I'm a big, huge Olympics fan. Yeah, no, I've been watching all sports. Yeah, no, I am too. I mean, I was gonna ask you if so. If you could play any sport in the Olympics besides basketball, what do you think you'd play? <laughs> wow. Uh, any sport besides basketball. I don't know. The only other sport that I've ever really played, uh, Olympic sport that I've ever really played, only because I have three little sisters, would be volleyball. But I'm too, I would be too small to be on that team anyway. Yeah, I'm, saying, I'm watching it right now, and it's a bunch of trees. I mean, there's some tall right. guys. Me too, <laughs> so, I So, I guess volleyball. I mean, they have to have a small guy to be the setter, right? Yeah, but even that, even the seven girls said that me, I'm only five to eleven on a good day, so <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it'll be hard for me. Yeah, it makes two of us. I, I'm, I always say six foot though. There's nothing wrong with rounding up a little bit. Yeah. So I so my last question is: living in Austin, and you grew up in New Orleans, right? Yeah. So what's better, Sixth Street or Bourbon Street? <laughs> Um, it depends on what you're looking for. Bourbon Street doesn't close. Sixth Street closes at two, so one of the person who likes to stay out all night in Bourbon Street. Um, you know, if you're a person who doesn't want to stay out all night and, and likes to end the night at home, <laughs> then Sixth Street. But I mean, both have both you know a lot of fun. Have really nice people there, so. Can't go wrong with either one. So, did you go? Did you grow up a Saints fan, a Pelican? I guess Pelicans, because they weren't always the Pelicans. No, um, I, I'm definitely a, like a diehard fan. Yeah. Uh, I'm just now starting to get to like the Pelicans, but I'm a diehard Saints fan. Diehard. So you think they'll have uh, a good season? Brief. Yes, I think so. I think we'll have a better season, hopefully. I was out down for all our offense. So we should. As long as we have two threes, we'll be fine. Yeah. But the defense is the question this year. So we'll see. So, Hopefully. So were you pretty excited when you guys beat the Colts to win the Super Bowl? Oh, man. I was super excited. Super excited. Like, the whole city was crazy. We didn't, we didn't have school for a little while. Really? Wow. You see, I'm I'm a Lions fan, so I know what it's like to root for a fan base that isn't, you know, the team isn't historically that good, but I'm yet yeah. to experience that whole Super Bowl thing. But uh, yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> um. So I guess if you, you know, when you're done playing and you know you're looking for a job, would you either live in New Orleans or Austin? Austin. Austin. Yeah, I mean, it is a. I mean, is it? Would you consider it to be a bigger city or a smaller city? Bigger city. It's definitely a bigger city than smaller. Yeah, I mean. Definitely. So, would you ever come back and maybe do some stuff with UT once you're done playing? 
Yeah, I mean, I know TJ Ford comes back and does some stuff here. Yeah. So, I guess the last question I'm going to ask is, how many games does UT football win this year? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I want to say nine. You're going to go with nine? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to it. If they don't win nine, you're probably going to be having a new head coach. <laughs> oh, not, but I'm, I'm pretty confident. Nine, okay. I'll remember that. I'll come back to you after the season. Yeah. Hey, well, I, yeah, well I, I appreciate you for coming on, man. No problem. Yeah, take care. Thank you for having Yeah, good luck with uh, the whole overseas thing, man. Hopefully you get your wish. And, uh, yeah, man, enjoy Austin. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Talk to you later. And that was a great interview with Javon Felix. Once again, thanks for coming on, Javon. Uh, Reoccurring guest now that he's come on, friend of the program. Um, And then we're going to talk about some football now. Uh, Le'Veon Bell's suspension was reduced to three games instead of four, which... I mean, I don't really think that they get an extra game with him. I mean, in fantasy-wise, that helps a little bit. It's just kind of a stupid story, honestly. Like, no, how he dumb. got suspended. It it's, is dumb. It's just, like, a lack of awareness on his part, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I just think, yeah, no, it, it was just silly. I mean, it, if you want to explain it a little more, Will, go ahead. Yeah, so correct me if I'm wrong, but he missed a drug test because he got a new phone and had a new number, so he didn't receive, like, the notification of when he was supposed to be in there to be tested or where it was, and, yeah. Yeah. Right? That's it, yep. Yeah. Just kind of just kind of foolish, in my opinion. Yeah, I know you think... If, he... you're, if you're the face of your team, basically, best running back in the league, arguably, you got to be better than that. What are the chances he was going to pass the drug test? I'd say pretty high. Yeah. So why can't they just drug test him again like a week later? Because they don't know if uh, there was a week before. He would have. You know, like yeah. I mean, there's no way you could tell that weeks. I mean, but there's no like. Weeks is the expert here. Go ahead. And and if hold on, if you let him slide, then you have to let other people slide. Yeah, because then people would be like, "Oh, sorry, change new phone. Who dis?" (laughs) Yeah, it's more. It's more. I agree with that rule. I can see that. It's just more of upholding the the standards. That that I can agree with. Okay, and then uh, Usain Bolt in the NFL. What do we think about that? Uh, new Calvin Johnson. Maybe that's kind of a sensitive subject. So. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I mean Usain Bolt in the NFL, thirty years old. So, what position would y'all have him at? A running wide, back or receiver? receiver? No, wide receiver. No way he is, can play running back. You don't think you just toss him like a little flip and no, let him run to tall. the outside? He's too tall. He's 6'5". No, like, he, he, needs, he needs straight line speed, not side to side. He's 6'5", I mean? 30 years old. I don't think he could make it in the NFL. Maybe when he first came onto the Olympic stage. See, I disagree because he's 30 years old, but what the only, you know, abusive body has taken is 
running. He's never been hit in his life. I mean, this year he was already having problems with a hamstring injury, and that's something that kind of lingers. And as a sprinter, I, I just think I, I think he's going to have a lot of little muscle injuries like that, groins, hamstrings, and his legs. And I don't think he's going to have like, any really knee or ankle problems, injury, injuries or anything like that. But I think those muscles that are going to wear on you from sprinting, I think, could bother him. I think he's... Yeah. Go ahead, Will. I was just say I think he's like a more athletic slash taller Mike Wallace, but Mike Wallace can take a hit and actually has football hands, whereas Usain Bolt probably can't take a hit, and who knows if he could even catch he's, a football. Usain Bolt's 6'5", 207 pounds, so he would probably need to put on like... He probably could, too. He would probably need to put on like 35 pounds. I don't know. Yeah, 30 probably pounds. twenty. I say yeah, twenty. Yeah, say more like fifteen. 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have exaggerated a little bit. <laughs> um, the last thing we can touch on this, uh, something you said, Will, that really stood out to me is Mike Wallace having hands. I'm not quite sure if that's factual. I've watched him play. <laughs> Comparatively to Usain Bolt, that's what I was. That's all, what I meant by that. All I'm saying is let's not uh, knock Usain Bolt before we see what he can do because Mike Wallace's hands are pretty bad. And um, honestly, just sign him to a minimum contract. Tell him to run straight and. Tossing the ball, sell a lot of jerseys. I feel that's kind of like what the Texans did with Will Fuller when they drafted him. Just draft a guy with speed that can't really catch that well and let him run straight down the field. He could become like the next Ted Ginn. Dude, he had a nice, he had a nice touchdown the other preseason game. A little fade in the end zone. I don't know if you saw that week. I saw Brock also targeted him left and right. He was getting targets. It seemed like every every time I looked up, Will Fuller was getting targeted. I don't know how good his hands are. I saw him drop a couple passes that I thought he should have had. But was DeAndre Hopkins playing? Yeah. So when I turned on, this is a little bit of a sidebar, I guess. But <laughs> when I turned on the Texans preseason game, it was DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Braxton Miller started the game as one, two, and three receivers. So that's what it looks like it might be. I think Braxton Miller and Cecil Shorts are kind of in a spot for a fight for that third spot, that slot receiver role, but that's what the receivers are going to look like, I believe. Yeah. What about Jalen Strong? I don't think Jalen Strong. He might, I mean, I don't know. I don't think Jalen Strong will be like one of the top three receivers, but he might be the fourth. Cecil Shorts, I've heard, is in jeopardy of getting cut, so. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. But, anyways. Talking about some fantasy football. I'm just going to do a little snippet, I guess you would call this. We're going to give you three quarterbacks that we like. Two. 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 I'm sorry. Two. Uh, we don't want to give you too much information. You have to listen to the fantasy professors. Yeah. Check out the fantasy professors. It's on iTunes now, and it's also on the Man Cave Sports website, which is mcsports365.com. Uh, me and Dylan are starting it up, getting it running. Uh, just come check it out. Go ahead, Weeks. Yeah, Good so plug. I'm going to start. I'll start again. This is the third thing I've started this podcast, but I'll start again. I'm going to go with Eli Manning as my quarterback that I kind of like. You know, since Odell Beckham's came into the league over the last two years, Eli Manning's stats have jumped. And you can see the jump in his stats if you look year by year. Right when Odell came into the league, the same time he came in, they got a new offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, I believe is his name. And so Tom Coffin was fired last year. The Giants made McAdoo their head coach. And so I think with this system, the third year with McAdoo, now the OC turned head coach, Odell Beckham into another year, I think you could really see Eli Manning start to do things that we might not have seen, put up stats that he didn't before. 
And especially now that Peyton's not in the league, maybe he's not under the shadow of his little or of his older brother. I think that could help him out a little bit too. And for my second quarterback, I'm gonna go with Blake Bortles. I mean, I just think Blake Bortles is gonna be good because he's got a lot of weapons this year. You look at Allen Hearns, Allen Robinson, I think they'll both be good. And then I also think Julius Thomas is gonna be very good for them. And you look at what they've done to add into the backfield. They have TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory. That'll help open up the field a little bit for them all, all those weapons. I think Blake Bortles, maybe not even just because he's skilled, but just because of the weapons he has around him is poised to have a better season than he did last year. Yeah, go, go ahead, Will. <laughs> all right. Uh, my first one is going to be Marcus Mariota. I have him ranked at 15th on our rankings. You guys don't even have him ranked. Uh, the reason why I have him ranked, though, is that they got DeMarco Murray this offseason. They also drafted Derrick Henry, so they actually will have a running game this year, which in the past they haven't had. Wide receiver-wise, they signed Rashard Matthews from the uh, Miami Dolphins, and they drafted Tajay Sharp who apparently has just been killing it in camp. He was a fifth-round pick. Now he's projected to be the starter alongside with Richard Matthews. They're so confident in him that they trade away uh, Doyle Green-Beckham for alignment to the Eagles. And that's another thing, too. They traded for linemen. Their lines shored up. I wouldn't say it's great by any stretch, but uh, it'll buy Mariota enough time to get some throws off now, and hopefully it'll improve his running game having DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry back there with him. And my other pick uh, was Derek Carr. I really like the Raiders' offense this year. I'm a big believer in Amari Cooper, I, th- I think, like most people. And Latavius Murray uh, will have another good year this year. I think only get better. I don't know if he'll get as many carries this year as he had last year. They kind of, they may have overworked him a little bit. As long as he can hold onto the ball, he should be fine, which I think only helps Derek Carr. The less people, or the more people they have to stack the box, the more open Michael Crabtree and uh, Mari Cooper can get. And lastly, my uh, sleeper weapon for him is Clive Walford, the tight end. He didn't really get to play that much last year, and this offseason he got hurt in an ATV accident, but he worked his way back, and he's now the number two tight end on that roster behind uh, a tight end who's just primarily a blocking tight end, and Clive Walford's known for just being kind of the explosive receiving guy. But yeah, those are my two. Okay, I like it. I, I like I like both of your picks. I'm going to switch it up a little bit here. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Matthew Stafford for my first one. Go figure. Uh, I just think hi- him and Marvin Jones have already had a really good connection. I think, you know, it could be a good year for Stafford. I don't... Obviously, it hurts that Calvin Johnson is gone, and who knows when Eric Ebron will be healthy. But if Ebron comes back, I think... Obviously, the receiving core isn't better, but the fact that they have Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, and Ebron, it looks nice to me. Uh, You know, I don't think Stafford and the Lions are going to have a good season, but their running game is probably going to be horrible again, so they're just going to have to throw the ball a lot. So if you want someone who's going to, you know, have the numbers fantasy-wise, you could be your guy. And then... Number two, I'm going to go with Phillip Rivers. I think him and Keenan Allen played really well together last year until Keenan Allen got hurt. So I'm thinking if Keenan Allen can stay healthy, Phillip Rivers can put up some really big numbers. I like that pick. The thing with Phillip Rivers and the Chargers offense, they throw the ball almost more than any other offense in the league. And so whether he's throwing the ball well or not, he's going to be dropping back and letting it fly. And he's bound to put up at least a couple yardage points and maybe a couple touchdowns here and there, even on a bad game. Philip Flippin' Rivers, what a guy. But he also, he also throws a lot of picks. 
He does. He does. But I mean, he throws the ball so much, you kind of gotta expect that. Yeah. Um, and also, if you want to get more QB rankings, go to mcsports365.com. Uh, I mean, we have. It's a list of what is it? Twenty-two. Yeah, it's it's our top twenty, but there's twenty-two guys. Uh, I mean, we're gonna no, do there's, that. there's there's twenty guys, Avery. Oh, there's only twenty guys. Yeah. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. <laughs> what? I can, oh. I made I made the list. Okay, well it's our top twenty guys. Anyways, my bad. Uh, yeah. So get our top twenty quarterbacks. I mean, you can decide who you want to believe. Only two of us have won fantasy championships, and one of them's not weeks. Let's just hey, put hmm. it that way. I think hmm. one, y'all better watch hmm. out for for uh, my fantasy team this year, though. But yeah, make sure to check out our hey, website. Hey, hey, we put we play week one weeks. Oh, week one's not important. I'll take the L. <laughs> the L. But uh, make sure to check out our website, www.mcsports365.com. Follow us on Twitter, at mcsports365. And have all sorts of, you know, stuff for you with all sports. Soccer, golf, basketball, baseball, football, fantasy football. We got everything you need, so make sure to check it out, guys. Thanks for listening. Moment of silence for the champions. For those who make going hard a lifestyle. Never wait for nothing. Gotta get it right now. I'm in the spotlight when they turn the lights down. Only a champ swing the hardest in the 12th round. I love the fourth quarter. I love the ninth inning. I love game seven. Bring on the competition. Cause in my heart, can nobody do it better. Can't slow me down. Won't stop me never. I'm so passionate. The buzzer, baby. My stroke is holding one. You see the check the flag, finish line. Yeah, I come. And I ain't got a brag. I let the trophies do. Around here, me the best. Now come and hold me to it. I specialize in everything that can't be done. Ain't no more talk about it. Moment of silence for the champion. Dancing in the end zone You see us taking shots of vodka out of Stanley's cup